welcome to our podcast, Uncovering U.S. History, in a world where so many beautiful cultures, religions, and groups coexist. You would think that they're all celebrated, but according to society and history say otherwise. The human race has managed to use its differences as excuses to create walls between people. Our guest speaker tonight will talk about how social constructs are so prominent in our society that many people suffer its negative effects. Please welcome in Ms. Harriet Jacobs. Good evening. I'm so delighted to be here today and share my story. Miss Harriet, you just published your book that talks about your journey through enslavement called Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl. Could you talk, could you take us through your life journey and educate us about the type of resistance actions that you took? It would be a pleasure. My name is Harriet Jacobs and I was born into slavery, but my conditions didn't deprive me from learning how to read from an early age. I was an orphan child who spent a lot of time with my maternal grandmother, Molly Hornblow, who had been freed from slavery. During my early life, I met Samuel Treadwell Sawyer, who was a young white lawyer who would become my husband, and later we would have two children together. Mr. Flint, one of my slave owners, would use signs to communicate with me, but I would act like I didn't understand their meaning because many of the signs were curses and threats about my supposed stupidity. He caught me teaching myself to write and this disturbed him. He started suspecting that I was able to read and write and that I had a lot of hidden intellect. I knew how important education was because with knowledge, we have a lot of power to change our society and our leaders. Could you talk to us about the first time you decided to take some sort of action and resist these violations of your human rights? I was sent to work in a plantation after refusing to become my wondrous concubine. We could say that this type of resistance was called overt resistance or direct resistance, which in cases consisted of more aggressive or more noticeable actions, such as running away. In New York City, I worked as a nursemaid in order to make a living and then moved to Rochester, New York, to where in the anti-slavery reading room above abolitionist Frederick Douglass newspaper, The North Star. What were some of the types of resistance actions that you took during your time at The North Star? By attending these anti-slavery meetings, I was taking part in what is called covert resistance, which is more practical. I believe that covert resistance is more effective than overt resistance because the government had more people and power than all of the black community combined, meaning that we had no chance of making any significant change, especially with people getting hurt and attacked. The moment I noticed the most change was when small acts done by many people, such as practicing religions, celebrations, attending anti-slavery meetings, reading, writing, and voting. These actions can create a lot of power and change that is far more difficult for the government to get rid of. When the, with the encouragement of my fellow abolitionists, I decided to share the story about my enslavement and published Incidents of the Life of a Slave Girl. Ms. Harriet, many critics say that your book is arguably the most comprehensive slave narrative written by a woman. The book discusses the sexual abuse of slaves and the torment felt by slave mothers who were separated from their children. The reality of slavery was truly devastating. I endured sexual advancements from my master for years until the time came where I had the chance to run off away and be free. 
While still being imprisoned, I conceived two children with a white man lawyer as a way to escape my master who wanted to rape me. When I finally had an opening to run away, I took it and asked my husband to buy off both of our children that were owned by my master. If my master had kept my children, he would have probably sold them off to someone else and I would have never been able to see them again, which was something that I did not want for any mother in the world. What a mother wants is always to be the best for her children and to always be in their lives no matter what. After I escaped, my husband bought our children from my master. I eventually arrived in New York, which is where I met up with my children again. In your opinion, what role does protest and resistance play in society? Is nonviolent protest always the best way to achieve change? I think that my story displays the power that nonviolent protests have and how they can achieve change. Both protests and resistance are tools to change our society. It could be for the better or for the worse. Protests can be chaotic, just like resistance in both cases people can get hurt. Usually the goal is that their intentions reach the other side, hopefully without violence. Protests are a way of resistance to a certain degree. Protests are more direct, while resistance tends to be discreet but still existing. Throughout my left lifetime, I watched various injustices take place, and I met people who were willing to sacrifice everything to make a change for the Black community. I wanted to be able to educate others and raise awareness about what went on within slaves' lives, and maybe even help mothers who resonated with my story. In my opinion, with nonviolent protests, we lose less brothers and sisters, and at the same time, we all come together to fight for what is right. Change is about solidarity and unity. Only in the most extreme cases should violence be implemented. Thank you so much, Ms. Harriet, for today. I'm sure the listeners very much enjoyed this interesting and knowledgeable interview just as much as I did. Thank you for sharing your story, your thoughts, and your time. Thank you for coming. Of course, no problem. I very much enjoyed this interview as well. I'm always here to offer more knowledge to others by sharing my story. Thank you for inviting me. After hearing Ms. Harriet's stance and her personal stance on the role of passive resistance in society, we'd also like to touch on how violent resistance creates change and its consequences using the Civil War as an example. It is known that the Civil War caused many innocent people their deaths. Even though the result was freedom, it is not known that if all those people hadn't died with time, would we have been able to get the same result without deaths? During the Civil War, People witnessed a lot of violent resistance as both sides fought for their beliefs. An example of an abolitionist who used this type of overt resistance was John Brown. He settled in a black community and wanted to help win justice for enslaved black people. Brown led many raids such as nighttime revengeful raids on a pro-slavery settlement called Potawayomi Creek in which his partners used violence and killed inhabitants. He also wanted to establish forts in mountains for escaping slaves. On the, the night of October 16th, Brown took armor and took 60 leading men across the Maryland area hostage. We hoped that escaped slaves would join him in the fight in order to liberate other slaves. He and his men fought against local militia 
Russia, but he soon surrendered to an occurrence of troops. He was wounded and his 10 followers were dead. He was tried for murder, slave insurrection, and treason against the state and was convicted and hanged. This is only one example of how violent resistance can cause more destruction than there already is to begin with and may not always That is not to neglect the fact that when examining violent resistance, it has also had a positive impact on political change. The difference between passive and violent protesting is that nonviolence can help bring awareness to an issue, but violence brings urgency. Usually violent acts make it to the media and newspapers, which alarms people and in turn helps create change. What are your thoughts on violent resistance? Thank you all very much for joining our podcast and thank you once again Miss Harriet for sharing. This was Uncovering U.S. History once again bringing you the history of the U.S. right to you with one simple click. Here we provide all the information that you should know about the U.S. so that you can be able to learn more about our society and history. Share with your friends and family and let's have these important conversations. See you all next time.